from AM and FM stations around the country. Welcome to the Small Business Administration award-winning School for Startups Radio, where we talk all things small business and entrepreneurship. Now, here is your host, the guy that believes anyone can be a successful entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is not about creativity, risk, or passion, Jim Beach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting edition of School for Startups Radio, it's Wednesday the 6th, and I have absolutely an amazing show for you. This may be a greatest hits, just one of our best shows ever. I love both of our entrepreneurs, and we'll be lucky if we just don't get in trouble for this one. First up today, we have Edrizio de la Cruz. He has written a new book called The Underdog Founder built a fintech company in Latin America that was eventually sold to MasterCard. An amazing story, and he is just an amazing entrepreneur. So A-plus there. And then perhaps the biggest quote-unquote character that we've ever had on the show, and when I said that we may get in trouble, our next guest may do that. He has a business that's going to shock and amuse you uh, in the second half of the interview. Wayne Altman is with us. He has built a product called Melody Clouds that helps you fall asleep. It's an app that has this special resonating sound to it. I'll let him explain it. He's also got tens of thousands of eBooks to listen to. It's one of the most impressive apps out there. And then there's this other thing that he does that is just going to blow you away. Uh, the name of the company is one of the most provocative that I've ever heard, but it makes so much sense. He has so much SEO, search engine optimization, intelligence to share with us. Also some great drop shipping, so much information. It makes this one of the greatest hits. Thanks for being with us. We're going to get started in just a second with a fantastic show. Startups Radio hopes you will reach out to us if you have any questions or comments, or if you need help with your business at any stage, from concepts to exit. Jim accepts all connections on LinkedIn. He tweets from at Entrepreneur Jim, and he responds to emails at james.beach at att.net. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. We are back, and I am still so very appreciative that you are with us today. I'm also really appreciative that our next guest is with us. This is an amazing story. I can't wait to share it with you. Please welcome Edricio de la Cruz to the show. He grew up in the Dominican Republic and uh, came to Harlem of all places, had to drop out of college so that he could get a job. He worked as an aircraft technician which is pretty hard job, I would imagine, and requires some incredible mm-hmm. skills. Doing that, though, he was still able to go back to college, got a job on Wall Street, got an MBA from Wharton. You don't get any more impressive than that. In 2013, he co-founded a company called Arcus. It is a fintech company. We will let him tell us exactly what it does. It was a Y Combinator company, I think, 
we'll ask him about that. Anyway, Y Combinator eventually invested in it. 100 employees, 100 clients, $19 million in funding that they were able to raise from Y Combinator, SoftBank, and City Ventures. And eventually the coal, uh, the company was sold to MasterCard for trillions of dollars. Wow. Enricio, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Really excited. Tell us about the company. What did it do? First, let's start there. What does Arcus do? Uh, uh, when we sold the company to MasterCard, Arcus was a payments platform. Uh, basically, what we discovered midway through our journey was to pay bills in Latin America was relatively hard. So things like in the U.S. that you take for granted, like auto paying or getting a notification when a bill is due, that doesn't work as well in Latin America. So we were the first company to build uh, the software that lets fintechs and banks provide that bill pay service to consumers. Uh, we built that over the course of 10 years, uh, became the biggest platform for payments uh, in Latin America and then sold it to, to MasterCard in 2021. So are we talking Nicaragua, El Salvador, Dominican Republic, obviously, or what, what countries did you cover? Uh, Mexico, mostly. That, oh, that okay. was our, our bread and butter. And then we expanded to, I believe, seven more countries shortly after the acquisition. Very impressive. And what was the, the problem you had to solve? Why was it not easier in Mexico, other Latin American countries? How did you, what did you have to overcome? Make it work? Uh, a lot, a lot. So initially we started off as a remittance company called Regalis, something completely different. And the, the problem there was me being an immigrant growing up on remittances and then uh, immigrated to the States and used to send remittances. What I learned that it was remittances were costly. Uh, it was, uh, it was time consuming and it was also dangerous to pick up cash, uh, at a local cash store in Latin America. So we came up with the concept of paying bills abroad. So instead of sending me, sending you cash, I would pay your electricity, your gas, your student loans, your credit card, all from the comfort of my mobile phone. Uh, with that concept, we got into Y Combinator in 2013. Uh, we were the first uh, company from Latin America to make it to Y Combinator. Um, and, and we learned a lot. We actually wound up raising a pretty big seed round from, uh, from folks like, you know, Cameron Winklevoss and Jason Horowitz, uh, Gary Chan, uh, and of course, YC. Uh, and unfortunately, I let that pain go to my head <laughs> because it wound up taking me a year to realize that that model was not working at all. So wound up um, basically having to fire half the team, uh, burn through about a million dollars of investors' cash, uh, and wind up pivoting uh, regality into what ultimately would become Arcus. Well, at least you realized it. What was the pivot <laughs> change? What change made it work? Well, a, a lot of things happened, uh, and, and I share a lot. I shared some of these lessons uh, publicly in my LinkedIn. One of the things that happened uh, was that because we were consumer facing, uh, I didn't know that there were certain regulations around consumer financial services that you have to have uh, teed up. Uh, so one day when I was in San Francisco, uh, I get a Manila envelope in my office in New York saying that I was subpoenaed by the New York State Banking Department. 
So I had to fly overnight, find a lawyer to defend me, and I was subpoenaed uh, by the New York State Banking Department. Uh, brought my investor with me, spent an entire day there. I swear, I swore I was going to go to jail. Wound up having nightmares. Uh, and lo and behold, um, I was fortunate enough to to be let go. Uh, they didn't find anything wrong, but that was kind of um, the canary in the coal mine, so to speak, to say that you need to get out of consumer and you need to focus on enterprise. Uh, so that's when that that was another factor that helped us make a decision a lot easier. You know, it's amazing how the law can help make a decision for you. <laughs> I, I, I had a sort of a similar situation. This business was originally called the Entrepreneur School, and I got a nasty letter from an attorney, a cease and desist, saying that entrepreneur is a trademarked word owned by Entrepreneur Magazine. And really? Really. And you have to stop using it and you have to change the name of your business. And I was shocked to find out that it's trademarked. You know, it's a 400 year old French word. How can it be? trademarked? But it is. And so just at that exact same time, my publisher McGraw Hill came back and said, we don't like the title. We want to change it to school for startups. Are you okay with that? And I was like, Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, that makes a lot of sense to me. And so, uh, that's even better. Yeah. It was really amazing how bad luck was followed by a little serendipity for me. And so, yeah, uh, I'm glad you were able to get through that situation too. Good grief. That would be scary. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So, why did you decide to sell? Did you feel like you were selling your arm? <laughs> well, we were at that point nine, nine years in. Uh, we had gone through COVID. Uh, Post-COVID, we had, a, you know, and I think every company on the face of the earth had to kind of realign and reassess the trajectory. Uh, but thanks to COVID, we had kind of a, a surge in, in, in just kind of, in just digital financial products. And at the time we were positioned to be the platform to launch digital payments in, in Mexico primarily. And, and we were getting good traction. We were out raising a series B and one of the investors uh, shifted their interest from investing to Dubai the company. And that, that investor wound up being MasterCard. Uh, and, you know, we were actually did not want to sell for a long time. We actually said no multiple times. Uh, but, Afterwards, we made the decision it was best uh, to keep the company, and the company's still out. Uh, it's, it's still the same domain. Uh, Masterclass kept the, the brand. It became a very strong brand in Latin America, so they decided to keep the brand. Uh, so very, very happy to how it turned out. So very lucky to see how much it's evolved over the past two years since I left. Well, great attitude and. Congratulations. Amazing accomplishment. If we have time, we'll come back and you can mix in some stories, but let's do the important stuff and talk about the book. Congratulations. Uh, your new book comes out in about a week or so. I think the underdog founder, how to go from unseen to unstoppable. Tell us about it. What did you want the reader to learn? 
Yes, yes. So in, in the the book, The Underdog Founder, uh, I talk about my entire journey from when I saw guayabas in the streets of my, my barrio in Santo Domingo all the way to when I sold my startup to MasterCard. Uh, and uh, I juxtaposed that over you know, seven, seven lessons to, to inspire and guide the reader to achieve not only the startup of their dreams, but the life of their dreams uh, against all odds. Um, and throughout the book, I cite kind of every single experience that I had, some positive, most of them negative, some of them, quite honestly, tragic. Uh, and I cite, you know, how, not what happened to me, but mostly how I reacted to it. I think life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to them. Um, especially at an early age, by age 17, I had experienced a lot of things that were quite challenging. Uh, and I talk about how those things, how I didn't succeed in spite of those things, but I succeeded because of them, because it kind of gave me the grit. It gave me the, the mental fortitude, the metal to withstand and overcome all the challenges that I was going to face when I was an entrepreneur. Um, so that's kind of the core theme of the book. It's, it's how do you turn massive challenges, adversity, tragedy into massive success? Okay. And so let's go through some more of the lessons and I'm sure we will get that out. Uh, give us one of the lessons. Sure. One of the lessons I learned was uh, getting in the right room. So getting in the room means is surrounding yourself with people that are slightly ahead of you. Uh, so you can start copying and emulating their habits and the habits that led to their success. I mean, early on in my life, I, you know, I grew up in the projects in Harlem. And before that, I grew up in a barrio in San Domingo. So I didn't, I didn't even know what success looked like. I knew, I knew when I watched it on TV what it looked like. I, I really didn't understand what it felt like. So I started my first interaction with environmental success was just books. Started reading a lot of books. I read all kinds of biographies from Phil Knight to Richard Branson. Uh, I read, you know, the, the Power of Now. You know, uh, how to get, you know, how to get rich. All, all kinds of books around success. Uh, so I dropped out of college when I was eighteen, and I went back to college when I was twenty-two. Uh, but I didn't feel I was in the right environment of success because I was on the community college. So to me, it was the first order of action was like, how do I get to, to, to city college? But how do I get to city college that's close to an environment of success? And that was Baruch. So when I got into Baruch, a lot of things changed because I was close to Wall Street. And I was able to grab coffees with people that were on Wall Street and interact with them. And, and then it stopped there. I didn't want to just stay in that environment. I wanted to kind of evolve and proceed. So the next iteration of, of, of getting to the right room for me came like, how do I shift from being an aircraft mechanic that's 25 years old, that's going to city college, to being somebody that's not only on Wall Street, but at the top of Pinnacle on Wall Street. And at the time, that was <clears throat> investment banking. So I got into investment banking, which was the most white environment, the biggest environment success there. And that completely uh transform the way i think the way i believe in myself and what what i think could be accomplished Enricio, i i don't mean to be rude with this question i i don't mean to be insensitive or any <laughs> of that but you escaped 
the Barrios and Harlem, 1% maybe do. What What is different about you? Why did you succeed when so many of the people that you went, you know, lived around you didn't, and so many of them are, you know, have had horrible uh, outcomes. What were, what about you is different? Are you smarter, sexier? Do you work harder? <laughs> are you, do you memorize? What's your secret sauce? Uh, no, I and always, when did you realize about- you had it? Yeah, that's a great question. I spent a lot of time thinking about this as I wrote the book. I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not the smartest, best looking, or most networked person, or even the most charismatic person. Um, I, I think that where I stand out is I just have a ridiculous, absurd work ethic, and. When I fail at something, I want to get back up and keep punching through and learning and, and use that failure as a way to propel me as a, uh, instead of a way to stop me. And that's the only thing that I have very early on that really helped me get from, you know, from one to five to 10 to a hundred. Because of, otherwise, I mean, you could be the smartest person in the world, but if you fail and you stop, then you stay right there. Uh, you can be not the smartest person in the world, but you fail and you learn and you keep going. And incrementally over years, over decades, you find yourself massively more successful than everybody else. So I was just very lucky to have kind of the grit gene or a very high kind of, I call it GQ, a grit coaching embedded into my DNA that, that allowed me to kind of uh, somersault and kind of go leaps and bounds above other people that might have been easier, better situations than I had when I was growing up. Were your parents incredible workers or, I mean, you said it's embedded in your DNA. Did your parents have five jobs each? Yeah. Yeah. My, 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 my dad, he, you know, he came to this country illegally first and became legal, worked two, three jobs, sent money back home. My mother as well, uh, and was raising basically with my aunt because my mother was with me. I didn't live with my dad till I was twelve. Uh, so all I knew of them is they were constantly working, you know, pushing through. Obviously, that they, they wanted to give me the access that they never did, and that's why they made a sacrifice to to help me immigrate to the states. Well, that is amazing. Thank all you right, so another much. story, another lesson from the book. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, wh- one of my favorite uh, lessons on specifically on grid. Um, I'll throw this one very quickly. So in 2017, we, we had pivoted, as I mentioned. Uh, we had a new company. It was Arcus. Uh, we had a new team, new direction, and it was going swimmingly. Uh, so February 2017, we went out to raise capital, had 10 meetings, uh, no response. 30 meetings, no response, 70 meetings, no response, 100 meetings, no response, 140 meetings, no response, 144 meetings, one yes. Uh, and this was now in August of 2017. I just got married. My life was great. Uh, and the term sheet was for $10 million from uh, one of the biggest five banks in the United States. <clears throat> and it was great. Uh, a bank being a bank, they just take longer. So they took, they went up taking two months 
And they started asking more questions and more questions. And all of a sudden, uh, we get a lot of questions on things like you know, CyberSec, uh, RegTech. Uh, and the tone of the conversations turned a little bit sour. Uh, and I'm a little bit worried because I'm supposed to go get on a plane and I off the deal in, uh, in, in September of that year at a big conference in Phoenix. Uh, so three days before the conference, I got a phone call. Ring, ring. I take a call. I step outside of the con- outside my office, and it's like, "Oh, Richard, this is um, X Y Z from the bank. I want you to talk to somebody." That someone was uh, the head of risk. Now the bank is based in Texas, uh, and the head of risk had a German accent, which sounded already kind of put me off. I sounded like a Bond villain, uh, and like Enrico, we are not going to do this. And all of a sudden, that hits me like a like a Mack truck. And I start bargaining, like, okay, so you're not going to do 10, you're going to do five. You're, gonna, you're not going to do five, you're going to do two and a half. You're going to do one. And I was like, no, we're not going to do it. I'm like, but why? Why are you not going to do it? Like, I can't, I can't tell you that. And hung up the phone and that was it. I couldn't go back to the office. Uh, I had to get on a plane that same night. So I told my co-founder, I'm going to get on a plane. And this is screwed up, but I, I will unscrew it up. So help me God. I get on a plane, go to Phoenix, landing Phoenix, talk to about 35 investors. I get some, some yeses, mostly maybes, and I turn on those. Then I talk to one investor, but happens to be in Mexico. Like, yes, come over. So from Phoenix to, to Mexico, very close. I get on a plane, I fly. And that same day, you recall, 2017, that was the earthquake. <clears throat> the earthquake in Mexico. So we do a whole pattern, and then we end up doing an emergency landing in Mexico. And, but my meeting gets canceled and I'm, and I'm like, I will do whatever it takes to fix the situation. So help me God, I will fix it. I don't care how bad I am not going to get on a plane without a, without a solution. I'm not going to face my team without a solution. So I stuck around in Mexico for a couple of days and they let me pitch, uh, in Spanish. I've never pitched before. And by the time I was getting back on the airplane from Mexico to New York, uh, I got a call, uh, we were going to fund you. And I took that one guess and I took it. I went back from zero to $8 million, uh, by Thanksgiving, uh, in, in a few weeks, right before we run out of money and wound up raising our series a just in time. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah I was, uh, that was one of the crazy things that happened during, you know, but it's also, it's, you, you mentioned uh, that you got married. That's also, you only need one. Yes. There. Yeah. You only need one. Yes. Yeah, you right. As a matter of fact, two can be yeah. a pain, you know, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, uh, you know, it's, that's all you needed. Right. Yeah. And the rest is history. And now everyone else is jealous. So, yes. Um, Amen, my friend. And the people who didn't yeah. invest are jealous. You just have to persevere. So exactly, you, you ha- a lot of this game is just not dying long enough to get lucky. If you just persevere, push through, keep learning, and keep moving forward, keep putting one foot in front of the other, eventually good things will happen. You know, I love it. Love the attitude. All right, we have about two minutes left. Give me one more quick lesson. From underdog founder. 
Yeah, I think the first lesson I talk about in the book is find your fuel. The importance of figuring out uh, what drives you forward. I mean, not your purpose, not your passion, not what you're good at, but what is it that drives you forward? Uh, for me, in my, in my situation, a lot of that was just developing a social contract with first with my family and then with my community. I learned that I was indebted, I was lucky to get out of the circumstances that I had, and I need to pay back for that luck by succeeding and ultimately sharing my message of success with other, others, which is what the book is about. Uh, but you need to find your own fuel. You need to find, figure out what drives you. And once you figure that out, that's the thing that stays with you for the rest of your life. I love it. How do you want us to find out more? Follow you online, get a copy of the book, all of that. Uh, yeah, you can go to my website and you can get a free advanced copy of the book right now. Uh, go to edriciodelacruz.com. That's E-D-R-I-Z-I-O delacruz.com. Fantastic. Edricio, thank you so much for being with us and congratulations. Uh, and I hope you'll come back again soon. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So what are you going to do now? What are you going to do? You're going to promote the book for another three, four months, and then that'll run its course. And then what? Wow. I have a couple of things up my sleeve, but I just want to focus on making the book a success and getting it out to as many people as possible. So. Okay. Well, you have to come back and tell us. Definitely, man. Thank you for having me. This has been an awesome experience. I hope so. And we will be right back. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a wonderful question, actually, Jim. Oh, my gosh. I love the opportunity to do this. Thank you, Jim. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. You know, that is a phenomenal question. That's a great question, and, and I don't have a great answer. It, that's a great question. Oh, that is such a loaded question. And that's actually a really good question. School for Startups Radio. We are back. And again, thank you so much for being with us. Do you have trouble falling asleep? I do and i'm very excited to learn all about what my next guest has got for us his name is wayne altman and today we're here to talk about one of his i think 14 businesses called melody clouds it is white noise type thing but it's got a lot more going on than that it's also got thousands of audiobooks and guided meditation and a whole bunch of other things including some uh, maybe proprietary things that he has come up with to help us uh, calm our minds. Really interesting background. He was a United States Army veteran. Thank you for your service, Wayne. A death row correction officer, corporate sales trainer, and has now written six books on mortgage and credit. Wayne Altman, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. So... Melody Clouds is the business. Did I describe it well? How would you describe it? Let me, let, let me help you a little bit. Okay, so I suffer from uh, tinnitus. A, oh, that's um, right. You have a weird ear noise. Right, right. So th this uh, is a, it's a, a whining kind of uh, screeching noise in my ear. Uh, millions of people suffer from this. And it's an injury to your auditory nerve. And so a friend of mine um, invited me over. We were having a couple drinks. What's he the name said, of the disease, Wayne? What is it called again? Tinnitus. 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 
Yeah. Some people call it tinnitus. Tinnitus. Okay. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so there are, yeah, multiple, per, uh, the, the only thing I've heard someone call it tendonitis and I, and I, in, in the interview and I was like, yeah, nothing wrong with my tendons. This is <laughs> for my ear, the ears. Um, anyway, he, uh, introduced me to something called binaural beats. And these are frequencies that match your brain waves and help you sleep or help you uh, focus or help you relieve pain. Um, the United States military um, did a lot of research on um, frightening enemies using binaural beats. So that's what really what Melody Clouds is. We uh, have certain frequencies and once we once you listen to those frequencies, your brain tends to mimic those frequencies. And since it's an electrical appliance, your brain, all the signals of your brain are electrical, um, then you can um, kind of change your mood. You can change things uh, going on and help yourself. So how do I, how do I listen to this? And uh, is it for a, a, like a certain period in the morning, 30 minutes in the morning, and then before bed, how do you use it? So this is how I use it because yeah, that's very good. So I listen to 432 Hertz when I want to sleep and I don't ever listen to 432 if I don't want to sleep because, because it will knock me out like Mike Tyson. Um, so at night I have a condition called mind racing. I think about things that happened that day. Sure. Yep. Right. I think about things that are going to happen. I think about conversations, right? I lay in bed. I'm exhausted. Um, well, I roll over, I open the app. Melody clouds is on iOS and Android app. Uh, I hit, uh, the, the music with 432 Hertz embedded in that music. And Jim, I've listened to 14 seconds of this song because on the 15th second, I'm asleep. Really? Yes. My wife well, my wife says, oh, you're listening to the baby. She calls it the baby. The music has nothing to do with babies, but the icon has a little sleeping baby. And she's like, oh, you're listening to I mean, she's been talking to me mid-sentence, and I'm gone. I'm out. Really? Is yeah. that, does it have that for other people, too, that effect? Or is it, I mean, is it going to work on but others? Me. Yeah, right. So here's the thing. Um, you're familiar with the little blue pill. Um, the, the millions of people use medication. We vary the dosage and we vary the medication depending on the person. It's a very good point. It's actually what convinced me that this was a real thing and I wasn't experiencing some kind of uh, sympathetic response. Because when the first two tracks of music he played for my uh, tinnitus did not work, the first two tracks did not work. So I was left like, and he said, look, be patient here. We try this frequency. The next frequency he played for me gave me something I had not heard in 30 years. And that was silence. My military experience was with the 8th Engineers, and there was a lot of explosions, a lot of gunfire, and it really did a number on my hearing. Very interesting. And then, 
a bunch of other stuff in the app as well, right? Right. So we have 18,000 audiobooks. Some people like reading. Some people like being read too. Um, we have uh, Aesop's Fables. Are you familiar with Aesop's Fables? Of course. Yes. I grew yeah. up as a child. <laughs> right, right. Well, it, it, it seems that we've just let that go by. I have a Hall of Fame winning, Hall of Fame radio uh, announcer, Gary Meyer, dear friend of mine, reading Aesop's Fables for uh, people, for kids, and he does an amazing job at these stories. I have always been fascinated by Aesop and those fables and the lessons that we learn uh, uh, listening to him. Uh, lullabies, and there's something special about our lullabies. The Those lullabies are cut in five and ten hour segments. So when a new parent puts their baby down for the night, they want them to sleep. The first skill that baby is going to learn as a baby human, as a new human, is how to self-soothe. And when you put that baby down and the music that you play for it is the same when it wakes up as when it went to sleep, they learn that skill 30% faster. Okay, why does that, we've always used, uh, I'm obsessed with baby sleep, Wayne, and I've had four children and all of them slept through the night, and that means seven, eight hours by five weeks. Right, and, that's awesome. Yes, I know you and your- a lot of A lot of people do not experience that, uh, and I can open my email and show you the proof of that. <laughs> I have people um, thanking me profusely for the way that we've cut these uh, lullabies. These lullabies, uh, when, when you provide the same exact environment or very close to it throughout the night for your baby, they learn how to self-soothe much quicker than if not. I, I have four girls, and they um, each of them were different as far as how they went to sleep and how they woke up through the night. Yeah, so I have... I was exposed to a book called baby wise by Gary Ezzo. And the whole principle of that is that we as adults are smarter than the baby. And so the baby should be on our schedule, not the other way around. And Correct. the baby is going to learn what we teach it and we can teach it to sleep by doing things and self soothe. And so we do things like, you know, you put the baby to sleep, you walk in the crib and drop the baby down. You don't rock it to sleep. You don't, do any of that stuff. You put it in the crib awake and you walk out and close the door loudly. You know, you don't whisper and stuff and the baby learns to fall asleep. You put it in there tired as well. You don't put it in there when it's not tired, but uh, also you don't let it sleep six, seven hours in the middle of the day. You wake it up, you know, and right. start getting it on your schedule and stuff like that. Um, but you're taking it to a whole new level. So I'm really impressed and, uh, well, it's about providing an environment the same as you do for yourself. You do not try to, or most of the time, you will go to bed and your environment is exactly the same as it is every single night, as best you can, so you can go to sleep and provide yourself with the best sleep. That's why loud noises wake us up. That's why light, uh, we try to dim the room. And so we're trying to provide ourselves with an optimal environment for sleep. 
And that seems to work pretty well for a lot of our subscribers. And so I was about to ask that, how do you make money off of this? It's a monthly subscription. Yeah, we do a monthly subscription. We do a yearly subscription and we do a lifetime subscription. Um, Our monthly subscription is $2.99 for the first two months. I want to make sure that everyone um, is pleased with their purchase and they, they're, they're happy with their subscription. At the end of the two months, the 60 days, you it goes to $5.99, so six bucks. All right. The um, largest button on our app is the unsubscribe button. <laughs> I, I do not want anyone worried about how do I unsubscribe from this thing. I will never be accused of taking a dime from someone uh, who didn't gladly hand it over. So we, we understand the business. Now let's go backwards and talk about it a little different. So you've had, and I'm going to make a joke here, tendinitis ever since you were in the army engineers. (laughs) And uh, I was actually listening to you and (laughs) you, Obviously, that's the inspiration for this business, but at some point, it changed where you said, aha, this is a business. When when was that? When did you have the light bulb? Well, I think for the first like eight months of this, um, this was basically a labor of love. You can see I'm not charging a whole lot. Anyone can participate. Anyone can be a, a subscriber to Melody Clouds uh, if they if they choose to, right? And it never really kicked in that I'm going to make millions of dollars off of people. That was never the intention. It will never be the intention. Um, we are in 103 countries right now with, uh, subscribers. I wanted to bring this to, you know, spread the audience as wide as net possible. Um, and, but I will say this, I was in Iowa, uh, taking my, uh, middle daughter to college, uh, just a few weeks ago. And when I, um, started seeing all the, I mean, we had a ton of subscribers every night. And my wife and I sat there just like, this is, this is crazy. This is, you know, um, this is absolutely insane. People are really responding to this very well. And I'll, I will say something else, Jim, we, we, it's been around for a year. We've had ability clouds for a year. Um, and we have had two people unsubscribe in that year, both of which unsubscribed because they actually doubled their subscription on accident. They bought two subscriptions instead of one. So you're saying you've never had anyone cancel, not one. And again, I would be happy to prove that as well. Not one person has unsubscribed because they were tired of the app or because they didn't, uh, they didn't find it a value. Wow. Amazingly impressive. Now Very that cool. is going to happen. Uh, certainly that can't hold, but as we sit right now, I mean, I would imagine as we sit right now, that's the, the case. And how have you been marketing it and spreading the word? Well, this, you know, talk shows, I will say this podcast cola, uh, is a very good agency for me. I go on, uh, if you type Wayne Altman into YouTube, (laughs) you will see way more of me than you ever wanted to see. I do a lot of interviews trying to bring this to people. Um, we also do native advertising with, um, Taboola. 
Um, we do uh, Google ads, um, and we did a little bit of Facebook ads, but you know, um, that, that was a v very little import. It didn't, it didn't work nearly as well as some of the other forms of advertising that we, that we do. Interesting. Really? 14 businesses, Wayne? Automation is great. And I learned a long time ago, a long time ago, that people who uh, do online businesses, drop shipping, these things, the reason that most of them fail is because they fuss over the business way too much. Uh, you don't, you do not um, rise in search. I'm a search engine optimist, optimization um, I won't say expert, but I'm very good with search engine optimization. And the reason people do not or are not optimized is because they are constantly fussing over the face of their business, the, the forward facing part of their business. Um, rather than augment it with things, they, they are constantly changing. And that is a very, a moving target is hard to hit. Um, and, and the, so I take a complete, not completely five, first five days of the month, I work on these businesses, I make changes. And then the rest of the month, um, I get to see what those changes, what those results were. So what type of changes are you referring to? What do you mean? Well, you know, some people, they don't get the sales that they want. So they go and do a complete revamp of their, um, of their website. Or they completely, they change multiple things at once. Maybe they add a, a new banner or, you know, kind of cosmetic changes that you really wouldn't think matter too much. But analytics tell us that they matter a great deal. And then on top of that, people make changes without using Google Analytics or without using any analytics of any kind. So they're blindly out there trying to figure out what's wrong with their business instead of being very specific and very methodical in what changes they do make um, and measure, measure, measure. You measure every single change that you make um, before, um, you know, making and then be able to go back to what you had done before if you end up stepping in it. All right. So you were, I asked you about 14 businesses and you went off on automation. Uh, well, that's how I do it. I'm sorry. That's how I do it. You have 14 businesses. I could add another 40 it, as long as it's automated and I am not having to take care of every single specific thing in that business. It's a way easier than you would think. So what are some of those? So we have a um, toy store, adult toy store. Um, we have a um, survival store, kitchen um, implements store, pet store. And some of these have a provocative name. <laughs> All but Melody Clouds have a fairly provocative name. I was having uh, drinks with the same friend that introduced me to the idea of binaural beats, as a matter of fact. Um, and he asked me what the most searched term on the internet was. So I named my businesses, some of my businesses, after that name. It turns out that uh, people search for Black Cock more often than any other search term. 
Now I use it in a, uh, my icon is a rooster, um, a black rooster, but yeah, it has served me very well as far as search goes. That's for sure. And obviously that's the adult toy store. Well, the survival store, the kitchen store, How do bedding. we have a kitchen store with that uh, name? Is it? Well, I mean, you can you, you, look, there's, there's a bed and post or there's uh, you know, Xerox. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a brand name, black cock brand with a rooster. Yeah. With a rooster. Huh? And what response have you gotten when you walked in the bank to try to get a bank account in that name? <laughs> I think you know. I, I mean, <laughs> yes, that was a very interesting day, um, and th they were uh, very. So I, yeah, it was. Uh, I changed it to BC Enterprises, um, but yeah, they they when they started looking through that, it was yeah. She even the the bank teller even called her husband, called her husband and said, "You will not believe what is sitting in front of me." All right. Explain the SEO benefits of those of you know. So, why is being tangential to people searching for porn going to be good for the? Uh, how do people stumble across it? In other words, the survival store. Explain the well, SEO behind it. So, so the okay. So you have what you have keywords, and then you have long tail keywords. So you have the, you know, people only look at the specific word, right? But you have long tail keywords. If you go into your um, search console, you will see that your, uh, you have keywords and then you have long tail keywords, the words that come after that. And because of the volume of searches for black cock, you, it, there is juice that flows back to those oh, long tail on. keywords. Come on, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to the black cock juice that flows back. Where does it flow back to? Those other long tail keywords. The more popular the search term that you are uh, searching for, the more juice in that keyword. That's what it's called. It's, it, I mean, that's every you know keyword juice. So you you can. Um, going into a huge long explanation here but you know the, those words that are associated with if you look in search console you will see those words and then you will see the words associated with that all right and how much time do you spend on that business or do you do the fulfillment yourself when you sell kitchen supplies or do you No, we have we have dropship partners. Yeah, well, I, I use Inventory Source that they um, basically tie me into the back end of whatever providers uh, we agree with, um, and, and we you know we like their products. So we dropship from kitchen bedding. We dropship from even the adult store is dropshipped off of a company called Honey's Place um, in the San Fernando Valley. Right. Well, we love the dropship model simply because it's a great low risk way to start a business. And that's what this would, whole show is about. I would agree. I mean, the, the, I worked for a luggage company, um, pre pandemic. So when the pandemic happened, um, COVID hit, uh, I was working for a luggage company and you can imagine when there was no travel, people were not looking for luggage.
And I knew right then I was going to need to make a move. I, I, at some point, this was not going to be sustainable, and I was going to need to make my next move. And that's when um, the entire Blacktop line of businesses opened during that pandemic. And business was extremely good um, during that period of time. Everybody was home, uh, you know, messing around, you know. Right. Yes. And has it dropped off or you, uh, you say it as if it's gone away, that business? Yeah, it's dropped off to a certain degree. Certainly people have to go back to work. <laughs> I guess you know, the fun um, ended uh, for, in that way. Um, not completely, but, you know, there are uh, just like any other businesses, you have your ebbs and your flows. And depending on what your overhead is. That depends on whether or not that business is going to survive. Another reason that drop shipping is a very good choice for people uh, should they choose to go into business. How do you divide up your day? Um, you know, my day is way long. I'm always at work. So I'm at work 24-7. If I'm uh, in Iowa uh, with my daughter or if I am at home with my wife watching a movie, I will get phone calls. I get phone calls at 2.30 in the morning, as you can probably imagine, uh, for the toy store, people asking questions. So I am always at work. Um, my email and my phone, I'm constantly on both of those things. And I like it that way. It, it makes me feel very connected to every one of those businesses um, at all times. And how does your family feel about that? Is your wife glad to get you away from her so you don't have any more kids? Probably, um, probably it, it does benefit her in some ways, um, but it also frees me up. That way, I'm not tied to. And I carry a laptop with me everywhere we go. Um, I'm on. I have my phone with me um, all the time. I can reprice an entire website from my phone. Um, so it, it, I don't miss any family activities, if that's what you're asking, unless I absolutely want to. Um, my youngest daughter also plays volleyball, and I was in the gym um, at the at the uh, what with her private. She had a private lesson, and and I was repricing a, a a bunch of survival food while she was doing that. So it it has freed me up to do anything I need to do or want to do. Um, because of technology and, and the application of it. How do you find a drop ship supplier for our listeners? So we mentioned that we love that business model. Let's give them some advice. How do they find someone to supply a product for them? So one of my favorite tools, as a matter of fact, is a company called Inventory Source. Um, and, you know, it, it's, a, it's, there's, it's a membership, and then you choose, and it, it is an amalgamation. It is a concentration of uh, dropship business, businesses that are uh, amenable. They, they, they love dropshipping companies. Uh, and from there, it's maybe two forms fill out and, you know, you, you tie in your website, your Shopify store, your WooCommerce store, your, and basically tie into the back end of their, um, uh, you know, merchandise and, you know, away you go. 
They say that one of the biggest threats to a business is using your merchandise. That's why so many cocaine dealers have trouble. Are you using so much of your survival gear or sex toys that uh, you're losing money there? You know, uh, it is it is a real danger, Jim. It is a real danger. I, I have a go bag. Um, I, I urge everyone to have with uh, the weather and all that have a go bag. And so is that my wife, the police come for you or? No, it's for weather. I promise you. I promise you, it's for weather, or or any kind of you know uh, uh, natural disaster. But my wife came in and had an intervention with me all over my go bag because I'm constantly finding products to put in that go bag, and it is kind of a um, a security blanket for me. It goes everywhere that I go, and she she had an intervention. It's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, I think it's fairly obvious, Wayne. It's not hard to see. It's a mile away. Someone can see that. Wayne, absolutely fascinating. I could quiz you all day long. You are the character of the year. How do we find out more about Melody Clouds and what other uh, URLs do you want to give us? So with Melody Clouds, of course, it's you know www.melodyclouds.com. You can find me at Wayne Altman at melodyclouds.com uh, people are fascinated that when they email me or when they call the phone number that's on uh, melody clouds that i actually answer the phone i make i do this specifically specifically my it annoys my wife so please give me a call it annoys my wife greatly that i am the face and i i answer questions for melody clouds you um, are the rooster Blackhawk uh, toys, Blackhawk survival. Um, the, the, those are all, you know, self-explanatory. Do a search uh, for Blackhawk toys, and you'll see our website uh, and our selection. And um, yeah, we're very, very proud of the toy store. Wayne, you are a character. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yes, it has. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but you know what? We come back again soon tomorrow. Be safe, everyone. Take care and go make a million dollars. Start a drop shipping business. Bye now. <laughs>